Hey guys, John here. We're going to be starting here in just a few minutes. Go on ahead and do us this big favor real quick. Go over to Spotify, go over to Anchor, go over to anywhere they can actually rate us, even Apple Podcasts and Good Pods, and rate us over there. It allows people to find us on Good Pods and Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. Sit back, relax. Alex is here with me from A-Town Reviews, of course, and he's also my new co-host. And also, too, Charlie's here as well. So let's buckle our seatbelts up for safety, and let's go on ahead and do our Batman The Dark Knight Rises. This is going to be our ending finale of our Batman rewatches. So go on ahead, sit back, relax, and we're going to go on ahead and take it away now. <laughs> All right. So here we are with our Dark Knight Rises uh, movie review. And this is actually one of my least favorites at the time because of the fact that I saw this at the theaters. I remember not enjoying it as much. This go around and everything, it's been, it's been a while. It's been a hot minute since I saw the film. Three years ago, I said I would never review this film. But never say never in the world of the movie review section of a YouTube channel because I did happen to enjoy The Dark Knight Rises. There were things that I really loved about this movie a lot. Uh, dealing with Christopher Nolan's realism, acting like Bane can actually do some of the stuff that he was doing. Also, too, this is also dealing with the corruption of Gotham with inside the Gotham City walls, and also, too, Bane exposing Gotham City for what it is, with this shady richness and also its democracy and in law. So that's something else that I really enjoyed about this film. Also, too... I want to go on ahead and start off with the budget for it, like I did with the other ones. This also had a budget of between $250 and $300 million, and it made over a billion dollars once again at the box office. So that that's really impressive for a third film, and also to, to be on top of just about the, on the same category as the other two films. So it's actually hard to top one sequel to the other. But I'm going to go on ahead and let... Uh, the rest of us take the floor. So I'll let Alex go first. And then from there, we'll go with Charlie and then back over to me. Hello, everybody. Yeah. So I really liked this movie when I first saw it. I, it, I felt bad for it though. Cause it had yeah. to follow that amazing act mm -hmm. from, which was the dark Knight. is like, it, it, you can't, they should have just ended the series there. <clears> Cause anything after that wasn't, gonna measure up and that's mainly due to the amazing performance by heath ledger but on its own this movie i really enjoyed it i loved tom hardy's performance as bane i even loved the voice the voice was incredible to me it was fantastic i would i was talking like this forever after watching it but um and just how he portrayed that villain and the fight scenes were incredible it was and it was a nice ending it was a nice happy ending considering and uh you know I, I this movie does gets a lot of flack just because like oh this one's boring and i'm like well you're thinking of the dark knight still just just think of the dark knight rises by itself hold it in its own light and it's a great movie what do you think charlie i agree i um mm -hmm. i think well and the other thing too not only did it have to go up against the greatness that it was the dark knight it had that unfortunate shooting in chicago yeah, premiere. It had it, there was a lot against this movie, the hype that was the Dark Knight, and then the unfortunate situation that happened in Chicago. 
like that. And then um, I, I, I like this movie a lot. I think it was the perfect ending. I mean, and I, and it didn't overstate its welcome. Like no one knew going in. All right. We're actually making two other movies. Like, so he, that was the game plan. It wasn't the spontaneous movie like, oh, okay, we're going to make another sequel just for the sake of making the other sequel. No, because it made sense. And the fact that it picked up eight years later, so, and then I I, I just love that. I love Tom Hardy in this. I thought he was fantastic as Bane. Mm -hmm. Everybody's flacking the voice. I thought it worked well. I mean, I just watched it in 4K and on my 4K, like Blu-ray for it. And the voice was perfect. It, it, I didn't see any of the issues with it. I, I honestly, and then again, that might be when you watch it, I didn't hear any of that. And then it helped with the subtitles, but I didn't have a hard time understanding what he was saying. Um, and he, he represented Bane well mm-hmm. for me. I mean, he, he, he looked like a beast. He didn't have those. He wasn't filled <clears throat> with toxicity or whatever, that stupid stuff that they did in the nineties. This he looked really logistic, like like realistic, and that's what I really appreciate with Nolan. And I, I mean, I, I've said this before. I mean, Anne Hathaway is my favorite Catwoman. She just she was so good. She was snarky. She had that sarcastic attitude, and yet she can kick some ass. And she was like, I mean, the sequence I love the most is when they when she's arrested and she's in the prison about why did you put in her one with other females. And they said she would have found a way to break out. And this one goes, hey, pretty lady, what's going on? And she did the cartwheel with the guy's hands mm-hmm. and she broke his hand. <laughs> and, and, the, and then the warden was like, she's going to fit in here just fine. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. and, and it's just, it, I don't know. It's just the, she just had really good chemistry with Bruce. And for mm-hmm. me, it, it worked. And then, and then the other funny thing I loved is this was the start of the, okay, the world's going to hell. So an ex- explosion's about to go off. Let's make out because they did that. The sequence, like, fine, I guess we're suckers. And so you have Bruce and Catwoman making out. And then a couple years later, more probably about six years later, we had the kiss that caused a thousand explosions in Aquaman. The sequence where, <laughs> where Amber Heard and uh, Jason Momoa are making out while in the background, you see people are dying, there's explosions. <laughs> so that's the start of this was okay, the world's about to blow up. Let's make out. That's, that's, why not? Why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? Like, why not? Then? And and, and I, again, it it she worked for me. Like think, and then mm-hmm. again, I guess it's a it's a generational thing. I think Anne Hathaway for me just worked. She did, she was great as the guy. I mean, she was like she she's no. And then like just the comment, like just the back and forth between her and Batman. No guns. Well, what's the no no guns, no killing. Well, what's the fun in that? And you see her right. just like just being the shit out of people like <laughs> I, I i really like this movie is it better than the dark knight no but it doesn't have to be it's its own movie that then like, like mm-hmm. they're going on you said alex this is let this movie be in its own and the movie doesn't <clears throat> feel long at all for two hours and 45 minutes it goes by pretty quick mm-hmm. Uh, you know what, though? I was thinking why at first I might have not liked it in the theater was the slow pacing of it because of the fact we see Bruce hobbling around on his cane and stuff like that, but it was also him at that time and everything. But we didn't get other shows like Daredevil or anything like that. So this is like if you were watching an episode on Netflix featuring Batman, this would actually be something that Netflix would do. Have the amplifications of him fighting crime for eight years and showing the amplifications on his body and stuff like that. So that was something that I can say I really did appreciate this time. 
this go around, to be honest with you. And also, too, I liked how he goes into the doctors and the doctors are explaining the fact that there's no cartilage there. But there is the fact that, you know, it is a slower pacing film. But if you get once you get past that slow burn, it doesn't slow down after that. And that's something I really appreciated with this film was they had to show the amplifications after eight years of fighting crime. And I liked how they normalized Bruce, gave him more of a realism kind of look to him because everybody depicts him even in the 80s as like he's like an unstoppable moving force when he's just a human being in a bat suit. And yes, we did see him being bruised up whenever in Batman Returns. Yes, we did see him bleed a little bit and stuff like that, but not on the severity level that we got to see with this film and the implications behind it. So that's something I really did like. And also, too, the Harvey Dent situation. And I like the fact that they didn't ignore the Harvey Dent stuff and they presented it with uh, in like the first few minutes. And that was actually the representation of Gotham City. So I like how they did that. The Anne Hathaway scenes were fantastic. I have to say, Michelle Pfeiffer is still good for me. I'm going to be honest with you because, like you said, it's a generation thing. But I still love the sassiness of Anne Hathaway and the way that she does things and the way she carries herself inside this jail cell with such physique just finesse to be honest with you the way she handles things and well what do you mean no guns well it's the fun in that like you said charlie this movie is fun it's entertaining the stuff with bane was really good and that's one of the things i have to say too real quick and then i'll go back with alex on it but whenever i looked at batman and robin i didn't get the bane that i wanted because Bane is so much more than that one whole... They basically made him into, like, Hulk smash kind of thing. You press the button, he gets angry, and then he starts doing a bunch of random stuff that's not even part of what he does. With this one, they did something smart with it. Did I want the Venom stuff? Yes, I wanted the actual Venom stuff on how he becomes Venom and stuff like that. But that wasn't what they were going for. So I'm like, okay, so this is what they're going to give me. So I'm going to go with it. And... I liked how they make Venom actually smart because that's who Venom is, even in the Batman Rebirth stuff with I Am Batman. And that was the smartest thing because I remember seeing a battle between them. It's like a whole, like five pages of them just fighting back and forth to the death, basically, in that comic. And then they actually showed the backbreaking on this film. I'm like, I, I was fanboying, but at the same time, I'm like, that may be hurt, <laughs> but you know, but still the, the effects in this movie, the sound effects was really good, but still, I'm going to go on ahead and let Alex uh, say a few things as well. Yeah. Uh, that, that bat breaking scene was epic. Like just that scene in general was mm -hmm. beautiful. What, what is like comic accurate? Like Bane was the first villain to actually break the bat. Like, mm -hmm. not even the previous movie, like Joker or Ra's al Ghul, they weren't able to do it. Right. And just seeing that seed in, like, live action was incredible. And I remember I was watching this one YouTube video talking about how Tom Hardy just performs that scene perfectly for a villain. Just how he never, he, like, shows how confident Bane is in this fight where he was, he willingly, he knows where Batman is in the shadows in those scenes, but he just turns his back to him to show that like he's not afraid and then when he just turns around just grabs him <laughs> it was like oh such a great scene but the the one thing i i do have to complain about with the nolan movies and this is me nitpicking is i i don't really care for the realism 
aspect. Like I, I liked the idea of Batman fighting these super powered beings because mm-hmm. it made him Batman more intimidating, more of this imposing presence on the villains. Like that was a big thing about the comic. So I like I would I too would have liked to have seen Bane have the venom mm-hmm. talk like venom serum in him because like you know mm-hmm. that's that's a big thing of Bane. That's what right. keeps him going. And it, it the same way. And you kind of get like a taste of that towards the end of the movie when a uh, Batman messes up his mask mm-hmm. and he starts freaking out. It was like it's kind of mm-hmm. like a little shout out to the comics because like when you would disconnect Bane's tubes in the comics or the games, he would freak out too. But um, I, I, yeah, I never felt like the Batman in these movies was truly Batman. It felt like it was very held back and i think the realism played a big part in that i I, like i did enjoy it but i would have enjoyed it more personally as a as a geek if there were more superpower and hopefully the new batman movies do that a bit like i know riddler's first i'm hoping i know riddler's like the first villain but like i hope they step it up a notch that's what I'm hoping as well, to be honest with you, man. That's one thing that I was actually hoping. I remember still seeing the still photos, right? I'm like, okay, so he doesn't have the Venom serum yet. Okay, maybe this is like an origin story of how he gets the serum and everything. That's okay. It's fine. Then the next set, set of photos come out. I'm like, this is not the bit. Nope. This is not what I'm thinking. <laughs> right? Nope. There's no Venom serum here. No, sir. But... You know, and then also too, I was also then think, thinking the same thing with the Scarecrow in the first movie because of the fact of that because of the animated style of how we picture and envision Scarecrow to be right. So whenever I saw that, I'm like, wait, it's just some guy with a bag, a beanbag over his head. That's my first initial thought in high school. But then after that, I saw it and everything, and I started maturing a little bit with it, and I ended up enjoying it. You know. Uh, I, I saw what you said in the chat, Charlie, mm. about them potentially having Mister Freeze in the new Batman sequel. I'm for that because, like, mm. if they're still going for like the realistic aspect, like Freeze <clears throat> is someone you can potentially still make more realistic. But I just personally like, like, don't get me wrong, I love the villains in in these shows, in, in the shows, movies. <laughs> but I like if. Like, I want my villains to be super powered. I want them to be like these unstoppable forces of nature until Batman shows up. <laughs> and that's what makes Batman so cool to me because like he's just a man and he's going up against like in the in the comics against Bane, he's going up against a guy with the serum that makes him larger and super strong. But even that guy's afraid of Batman. You know, I, I always wanted that kind of presence from Batman and like these movies haven't really gave that to me. Um, I love the bat breaking scene. I knew once they had a Bane, I knew they were going to break his back. And it's like, they're going to break his back in this one. And yet knowing they're going to break the back and seeing it. And the way he says, what should I break first? Your soul or your body? And then he just like manhandles him. I was like, damn. Like that, that made me like, ooh, that was like that was like an intense sequence. And we're just I mean, I just love the this like this the build up to him and mm-hmm. Catwoman and them. Like this this just shows you the two of them work well together. He's right behind you where I am. And he just really like, just grabs the guy when the guy just walks into him. But no, I mean, I love the opening though for this movie, which is the, the IMAX sequence, the whole scene on the hair the airplane. 
of where you see Bane and then how they're able to do. I mean, Nolan knows what he's doing when in terms of these visual effects. He, again, he's not Tom Cruise, but he doesn't have to be Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is his own category for doing your own stunts with zero G and stuff. <clears throat> Just that opening sequence and the way, like how they, how like meticulously these guys were. Like, okay, I need to suck the blood out of this guy. All right, let's let's we're gonna inject him while in the air, hanging. Like, this stuff is like it's it's like you can't believe you're seeing this, and yet it can actually happen. That that that. But I mean, it's just yeah, Bane for me, it just worked, and then I just liked how that how he kind of turned into him about that whole story. Of like and how his face was so like they it must have been so bad that they refused to like take the uh the thing off like like and like when you see him beat up and that but I gotta say I, I love seeing Lee Neeson back in this one briefly because that mustache on him still looks great. <laughs> I appreciate the master, but just him showing back up, yet he's dead, mm-hmm. but yet then again he kind of isn't, and I like they how they kind of tied it back to the League of Shadows. Right. I agree. Um I didn't necessarily. I thought the the reveal was like shocking, but yet kind of like what for Talia? I mean, again, she's, yeah. I, to be I mean, honest I, with I, you, I, oh, I got a nitpick. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll like I know when there's some, there's some stuff I didn't like for this. I didn't like the Talia, and I didn't like. Is that how she died? Okay, like I, I mean, there's some I didn't like that, and I really didn't like the Matthew Modine character. He was just like he was a guy that was all talk. But once it was like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm gonna do what Jim Gordon ever did. Catch the Batman. And I and I just quoted Morgan Freeman. Good luck. Like, and how he's like, he didn't so and then I just and then I I I love Joseph Gordon Lovett in this. I thought he was great as mm-hmm. Blake as the uh the the, the hot shot cop or whatever, hot-headed cop or whatever. Like and then and then this the Woody comebacks, he comes right back at like um as like, oh, was it the is are you sure we got the right guy? Like I mean, but the, I didn't care for Matthew Modine's character. I thought he was just kind of like, he's kind of a wuss. Like when it goes into his, he he goes back and hides at his house, and then when he comes out, he was trying to act patriotic. Oh yeah, I'm gonna shoot at this tank, and then you see Talia kill them, kill them all. Like just no motion, kill him, kill them all, and he, and he's dead. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I didn't feel nothing for that character, to be honest with you. I mean. No. Even whenever he said, I'm going to do what uh, no one's been able to do before. I'm going to catch the bat. I'm like, you are a dumbass. Yeah. I'm like, I'm with jo- Joseph Gordon Lovett's character. I'm like, there's literally a robbery being taken place. This is why you're on the mission in the first place. So you can get the robbers. You're not there to get Batman Yeah, and everything. And here he is going, I'm going to do what Jim Gordon has never done. Newsflash, Jim Worked with Batman, friends. right? Plot twist. He worked <laughs> with <laughs> Batman. Right. Yeah, like they're lovers. They were. Like, they're, they're, they're lovers. They're, they're lovers. <laughs> yeah, they're the true lovers that the Joker and Batman never. You really thought they had a relationship? Just you wait. wait. No, and I also thought it was like some of the comedic moments were funny. Like the cop was like, like the one cop, like the one rookie cop, and you see the old veteran cop, like, oh, you're in for a treat tonight when the Batman shows up, and then the cop tries to shoot Batman, and like. What are you doing? No, 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 no. He's like trying to like back. He's trying to tell Batman he didn't do anything. He's innocent. Leave him alone. <laughs> like, but I mean, I mean, I I feel bad for Bruce in this whole movie. Me I too. Really feel bad. I mean, um, and I love the doctor sequence. Like the sequence you got. You see, normal legs have cartilage. You got no cartilage, and it's funny. I'm a huge Thomas Lennon fan, so him as the doctor was funny. So I really don't recommend you to go hella skiing. 
or whatever the heck he was like that. And then, and I, I loved how, like, even though he's Bruce Wayne, that cane was still a gadget to him to get down there, like to rappel down. I'm like, wow, his knee must not be that messed up for him to do that. Again, I don't know. I mean, yeah. Basically, the doctor was already telling what he already knew. I really felt bad for Bruce. They took his money. Um, you took his, you took the mother's pearls, and this is the this is the one the Bruce Wayne that actually has something in common with Ben Affleck's. Then both of their Lamborghinis get stolen by women because yeah. you see you, you see uh, Diana Prince stole it from him in Batman versus Superman, and I, I think it was my wife. And I think both of them like lied to the uh, the car hop, so both both of them are like they both like to get their car stolen, and then um, Alfred's reaction, like in this one, is like, "So are you expecting somebody?" <laughs> <laughs> he just gives like, that little snarky uh, joke to him, and Bruce is like, "Just shut up, I don't like, want to talk about it." <laughs> I mean, I also feel bad for Alfred. Like, I mean, like I kind of like because like I mean, he's trying to help Bruce, but. There's only so much he can do, and then I I I felt like he could have like if he'd been in this movie, maybe it might change like, mm. been a little bit different. But I kind of like the idea of Alfred leaving, so Bruce has to figure out stuff on his own. Exactly, and, mm-hmm. and I, I really like that about this about leaving him at, and then and then because when he leaves Bruce on his own, he makes stupid decisions like, okay, <laughs> I just met you, I'm gonna hook up with you right now. Bruce home alone. Like that's yeah. that's that's how you solve problems. <laughs> That's how you solve problems. Hey, let's go back to the crib. Let's boink, and we'll figure everything out. Well, go back to the crib. That's not even technically his because that because it's it was leased because he it was locked out. He uh, he was able to keep the house, but they took away the electricity, so it wasn't really his house. It was like he's kind of like he breaks into his own house. It's just like okay, and then he sleeps with Talia or sorry Miranda Tate. Sorry, that was that was the name, but uh. And then I, I, I mean, Morgan Freeman's still just great in this. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's Morgan Freeman. Yeah, right. We don't need uh, to talk about. He's great. Yeah, he's great. He's great. Yeah. He's great. But going know. off of what you said, though, Charlie, too, this is something I really wanted to talk about was Natalia thing too. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come on, we already know that you're going to be Raza Gul's daughter. That that's the first thing that I thought of when I first saw the accent and stuff like that. And there's something she's Raza Gul's daughter. That, that's plain and simple. The plot twist, though, with it not being with the love interest of Bane loving her and everything, that was a twist in a sense for me at the theater, not expecting it. And then I forgot all about it. Then I got surprised again by the same surprise that I got surprised with when I first saw the movie because I forgot all about it, to be honest. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I forgot all about that too, though. Yeah. But, I, oh, sorry, go ahead, John. Uh, but. Another thing, though, too, that I do have to say is that she's very one-dimensional. There's no layers to her. Basically, she is what she is, and that's it. There's nothing where it's like, I'm dark, I need to be mysterious. It's like she's right there in center. Every single time when something bad goes on, she's there. That's, that's plain and simple. Bruce needs to go go home and check on the and goes to the house. She's there. Uh, when Morgan Freeman and them are down there looking at the technology stuff, Guess what? Something winds up happening and she's there. So it was like every single time she's there, that's when things go down. But the I actually do like the blood transfusion stuff that you were talking about, Charlie, at the very beginning. I thought that was pretty entertaining. Now, here's the thing with the voice and everything in the theater, I could not understand him because of the surround sound, which is understandable. This go around, 
I'm able to understand him because of the fact I didn't have subtitles on or anything. It just seems like I was able to understand him better this go around compared to the surround sound. But, you know, coming off of this, um, I really enjoyed also too the the other thing too with when he's fighting Bane. There's no background music or anything like that, like they normally show in action films. Normally you would actually have like a Hans Zimmer score, for example, in another film, not in a Batman universe or anything like that. But normally you would actually see the score going down as Batman's fighting somebody. This one, yet again, just like The Dark Knight, no background uh, music. It's just straight up action, and then it's just a slugfest between the two of them, which is something that I really liked. And also, too, another thing I want to mention is about Alfred. Alfred is over there watching tape on Bane about how fast he moves. It's like Rocky wa watching Rocky movies, right? Where you have the mantra Mickey uh, looking at him and goes, hey, kid, you should not go in there. This guy is faster than you. He's 10 times your speed. He's an, he's a trained and basically a trained mercenary who got exiled from Raza Ghul for a reason. You do not need to be going toe to toe with him. And so even your categories with that. But <laughs> sorry. But, no, no, no. It's cool. It's cool, man. It didn't throw me off track. I just had to throw that in there, but as a little joke. Right. But but what did you think though, man? I mean, that's but what did um, you think about that? Yeah, I just wanted to add real quick to the reason that Mary, like, she's just there every time something bad happens. I gotta like quote the other movie that no one came out to uh, two years earlier, uh, Inception. To quote Dom, she's just a shade, and uh, and like the, yeah, and that's essentially what her character was in Inception: a shade. She was just a shade of his imagination, and that's what she was in this one. She's just mm. a shade. Um, and I had I had to throw that in there from that great the Chris Nolan movie. Go ahead, Alex. I uh, yeah, when they had the Talia plot twist, I was just like, oh, okay, I guess so. I mean, I was having a good time with Bane, but all right, Talia's the villain. Okay, I, I guess that means we're not getting Damien anytime soon because <laughs> like she ends up dying. So I'm like, oh, um, I was like, oh, they had sex earlier, so. Damian Wayne's coming. Nope, she's dead. All right. Car crash. Right in the stomach, too. So it, the baby's gone. <laughs> but is this, that's the thing with that. I felt like they should have... If Talia was going to end up being the villain, like she should have been introduced sooner. Like Maybe not say that, oh, Miranda Tate's Talia, but like have it be known that Bane is working for Talia al Ghul or something. So, so, just something, you know, to build her up. Because she just, you know, appears all of a sudden, like, ah, I'm Talia al Ghul. And I'm like, I don't care. It's the same thing. You just took Bane's place, but you're not doing it as good a job as Bane was. I, uh, yeah, but, and then going back to the opening scene, the airplane, like, that was just a perfect opening, like, a perfect way to introduce a villain, like, very similar to the Dark Knight. It was just like, yes, that's how you introduce a villain. That's how you show how intimidating they are. Just how cool he was. Like, once again, I loved his voice. Like, at first, when I first saw it, I was like, that sounds kind of silly. Like, an evil Sean Connery. <laughs> but, like, the more that I watched this movie and the more I just listened to it, it's just, like, a very calm but just imposing. Like, you can just feel... Bane's presence looming over you, even though like Tom Hardy isn't that big of a guy, just the presence he gave with that voice and just his stature. 
was so intimidating to me. I was like, so that whole scene was just, it was money. I loved it. But I, I, I definitely could have done without Talia. That could have just not have been a thing. And like we he basically like friend zoned him. Yeah, um, friend zoned uh, Bane. <laughs> I didn't need that either. Like yeah. that was that was weird. Like, like, oh, you're in love with her. You rescued her when she was a little girl. That's I'm I like yeah, yeah. She's that. an adult. Yeah, she's an adult by the uh, the end of the movie. But it's still just like. Mm, no, no, I don't. I don't need that. He's like thirty years older than her, or whatever. How old he's supposed to be? Um, I, and yeah. I personally thought it was really funny, but also messed up. How Batman had just gotten out of rehab, and then Bane immediately breaks his back. <laughs> and I'm like, my dude just got out of the crutches, my guy. <laughs> he's already, he's back in the hospital or in the, in the pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just fun. I didn't pick up on the Talia thing, so it was kind of like, wow. And then now I'm like, yeah, that. I didn't know there was a romance between the two of them. I just know the protect, like the Bane just protected Talia and re- and got her out of the pit. I didn't, I didn't see any romance between the two of them. The only romance I saw was Talia sleeping with Bruce Wayne. That was about it. I didn't pick up on any of the that, and because I, I think the two of them probably like Bane and Talia, they respected each other. To the degree I didn't pick up on the romance aspect of it, then again, I wasn't even thinking about it. Well, there's actually a quote that she winds up saying that, well, Bane loves me. And that's actually one of the quotes that I think that she winds up saying. Is Like a daughter or like a sister, in a sense. I didn't pick up on the whole... I don't know where you guys' minds are going to on this one. Then again, I, I, I think mention- what the homie was feeling. He, the yeah. he was <laughs> Especially when the tears are flowing. On when Bates he was face? looking at her, he was like, mm, he, I don't know. I didn't like, pick up on that. I, I, was like, again, I, I, I was thinking about that. I just know she's like that. I was just too distracted by the the the, the reveal. Like, and then, but I, I I thought the the blowing up the stadium. I thought that sequence was like like intense, and it's probably one of the like the second best halftime show that wasn't really a halftime show. And it's just like he just shows up. <laughs> And everybody's blown up, and then he goes, and he just shows up, and everybody's like scared. I'm like, they're paying attention, and then he just snaps the guy's neck on live TV. Mayor is blown to hell, and he actually had a, a real NFL players play for the Gotham Knights. You had Big Ben Roethlisberger, you had Heinz Ward, you had actual football players, and then I think that was Heinz Ward that retired. or someone returning that touch that was for a touchdown. So I was like, I hate to be a dick, but. That was touchdown. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, still counts towards my It's touchdown. <laughs> but I could have said, I could have been the dick. Oh, I hate to be the dick, but uh, purse, I foul, illegal block. <laughs> so he has to start back where Holding. the hole was. So yeah, that's where the ball takes over or whatever. But that was like, I mean, that's like, inches. I mean, that's literally over the weekend when they, when we had the halftime performance, they said the second best halftime performance, and it was Bane. And you see Bane's face, and like, and then, but I mean, just that whole build up to that sequence is so intense when you see uh, Joseph Gordon Love it, and then that trick shot he does where he shoots the gun off the uh, the metal and it ricochets into the guy. I thought that was like, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting that, of course, the guy that blows the freaking bridge is Joey Quinn. 
from the Dexter. The guy. I thought he, okay, so that's where I saw him from because the whole time that right because remember when we were doing our Dexter review, I'm like, I know I've seen him somewhere. I just couldn't place it. Yeah. So that's where I've seen that dude. I mean that guy at. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. like, but right. yeah, I mean, yeah, I saw it. I was like, damn it, Joey Quinn, you can't just do anything right. You Come just on, Joe. you almost killed everybody. But another thing, though, too, that I remember, also, there's also a Fast and the Furious cameo in this movie, too. Yeah, Hector's in there from the original Fast and the Furious, so it's a family movie. But, (laughs) (laughs) but another thing, though, too, like we were saying, Charlie, with the whole entire thing with the football team, I love that scene. I remember seeing that in the theaters and just being mind blown by by that sequence and how real it looked. And also, too, I also had a friend of mine that was that's a producer that works within the Hollywood limits and everything, too. He was actually an extra in that movie on that scene and everything, too. So, you know, I've been wanting to ask him, but he's been busy and everything. Did he blow up or did did he collapse like (laughs) and then pretend to fall? Stop, man. Stop, man. Like, okay, Excuse me, Dan, I'm, I'm just wondering, did you blow up in that scene? <laughs> like, yeah. like, all right, I'll, I'm running. Oh shit! The, my my thing's play. All right, stunt man, get in here. Right. You're, you're, fall, you're doing the falling for me. It's not not this is not what I paid for. I'm not a stunt man. Stunt man, you gotta get in there. You gotta fall. You gotta collapse. You gotta go down the hall. Okay, good. All right, I'm good. I would love but, to do that. But still, dude, that that scene was haunting. It was menacing. Also, too, you made you feel for the people of Gotham, and they're stuck in this auditorium, this this stadium that you can't evacuate from because you're stuck there. Because think of it like this: you try to evacuate, you have to climb over everybody just to try and get down to the stadium. No matter if they say, "Okay, everybody, just stay calm in a calm way, and we're going to escort you out," and that doesn't work either because you still have to get up and you have to wait patiently as everybody's going down the stadium steps. Meanwhile, you're trapped there with everybody and then Bane's over there blowing stuff up. That's yeah. horrifying, yeah. to be honest. And yeah. I loved how they actually captured that. That was just yeah. mind-blowing. Then, of course, uh, Bruce is down there in the uh, pit rehabilitation center. Um, that's what I like to call it. <laughs> but this is actually, this, to be honest with you, whenever he's climbing out of that uh, pit and he's trying to climb out of it and then he falls... I felt for him. I'm like, because I was actually hurting when when I when he, when I saw him do that. I'm like, dude, just just stay where you're at. Don't don't do nothing. You know what I mean? But I just felt so bad for Bruce with that with that scene because I actually had to close my eyes because I forgot he actually misses his step the first time mm-hmm. when he has to go and jump over to the other corner and he falls. I'm like. Ooh, that yeah. I actually closed my eyes because of that because I had that sinking feeling in my stomach. Like I felt yeah. like I was actually on that wall with Bruce. The other and, celebrity yeah. that uh, I sorry, I just didn't no, 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 go on it. The other funny thing is the president that was like it was the actor William Devane. Yeah, he, he's the one that I I remember him because he he played the president or secretary or senator or whatever in twenty four. 
So I just remember, like, dismember him. I'm like, 24 Oh, yeah, that's right. He's being typecast as the guy that doesn't do anything. It's Jack Bauer has to come in. I'm like, come on, Jack, get in there. <laughs> Jack, get in there and kick some ass. <laughs> so it's just like, I just had to mention that. I was like, man, so many of these people I've seen before. Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the president that Jack Bauer had to save, like, 24-7, 365. <laughs> Could Jack Bauer defeat Bane? Could he Jack defeat Bauer. Jack Bauer? Well, he's like he 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 says damn it like like and he he says damn it like all the time and yet he he gets the job done no matter what the cost <clears throat> doesn't matter how many people he has to kill he's like he's like a he's like a a, a, a PG thirteen version of Peacemaker in a sense it doesn't matter who he has to kill men women children to get the job done Jack Bauer would do it and I I know Jack Bauer would get killed easily by Bay. <laughs> easily. He 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 like he like he he get like one easy shot in there. He goes, damn it! And then Bane would just break his back. <laughs> Goodbye, Jack Bauer. <laughs> Go ahead, Sean. I didn't mean to interrupt that. Oh, no, 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 man, you're good, you're good. Um, but yeah, I, I also want to talk about Jason. i um, Jason Todd. Um, I also want to talk about um Joseph Gordon Lovett's character though too. I like. The martial arts that he does i like the action sequences with him you actually care about him and he also gave bruce a, ch a chance to actually explain himself and everything about why he isn't batman why people are hunting him down and also too he also gave bruce hope as well and like you know what people really do need the batman regardless of the fact of how i may feel i need to go ahead and do this and that's something that i really liked about his character he gave him a sense of hope and everything to where he needs to be Batman again, and even whenever he's inside the pit, you see J you wind up seeing Joseph Gordon Lovitz marking each territory for Batman to go through because he still believes in hope, he still believes in Batman. And I was like, Well, if I were you, I would believe in something else, but not him. But yeah, there's also I another, so. yeah, there's <laughs> also another, oh. my bane. <laughs> there's actually another thing though, too, inside that court scene. Now, I heard rumors. Uh, back whenever uh, this was filming, that originally it was supposed to be the Joker that was actually the court judge. And basically, Bane was actually supposed to be on the side of him, and then also Scarecrow on the other side as well. And that would have been pretty cool to actually see him. And also, too, I can picture uh, Joker, to be honest with you, I can picture um, Heath Ledger's Joker in one of those old uh, wigs and pretending to be the judge. I can just picture that in him just uh, sentencing people to be exiled or to be executed. And that would have been awesome to see, just to know that he might have the chance to actually do that. I was like, man, Heath, I could, I feel bad that you're gone, dude. He would die yeah. by exile. Yeah, yeah. not just execution. I just love... You go on that scene. I love the scarecrow. Like when Gary Oldman's like uh, Gordon got captured. I am not walking out on that ice. Definitus by exile. Like I yeah. was like, like the scene, the scarecrow back as the judge during the executioner, just right there in that small role. I thought that was that was hysterical. It didn't seem forced. It just it worked. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Uh, the, I feel like they could. I feel like the story was. They were planning on going a completely different direction if Keith Ledger hadn't have died, because it would have been cool <clears throat> to see like Joker have like a turf war against Bane or Scarecrow and stuff. Because like like those people definitely don't like each other. Um, yeah, so R.I.P. Heath Ledger. 
um, we were talking about the pit earlier, and I and I really love that scene of just of him trying to progress his way out of it. Just like the whole point of the Dark Knight Rises, he's rising up out of his lowest point in his life, and metaphorically, that was always a strong moment in the film for me. My cat's yelling at me. What do you want? I'm so sorry, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, I just loved that scene so much. I thought it was so inspiring, especially when towards the end when he finally caught that one ledge. I'm like, yay! So now he's just free to come out of the pit? That was one thing I didn't understand. Like, is is the pit, like, under a certain government or something? Like, where is the pit? Did they ever say where it is? It's just, I was like, is it somewhere near Gotham? Is it in another country? Like, is it, like where do these people come from? Like, who allows this pit to exist? But I, I just love that scene so much. And, yeah, that's it. That's it. It's just mm, beautiful, emotional. Yeah. Gets me I going. Knew. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I was going to say, Joseph Gordon, love it. That was another thing. I liked his character. I would have preferred if the if uh, Christopher Nolan had just said F it and called him Dick Grayson instead of whatever name he had mm. in the movie. But, um, oh. They I know why, um, right. but I actually know why they did that though. And it's been in past interviews that he did that. He said it was just a tip of the hat to the comics. And if the director wanted to go in that direction, which is why they gave Christopher Nolan at the time was done with three Batman films. He didn't want to do any more Batman films. So he left it up to the next director if they chose to do so to have Joseph Gordon Lovitz in their film if they choose to go in the same direction that he went in. So that's why they did that. He said, as far as the Robin character, that was never intended to be the actual Robin character in itself. That was like a tip of the hat to the comics in a sense, showing homage to the comics, sadly. But still, I would love to see the Robin character, anyways. Just name him Robin is all I'm asking. Or even for- just having like. It was cool when they had him like in the Bat Cave at the mm-hmm. end of the movie, and I'm like, "Oh, is he about to become Nightwing?" Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. you've seen those Photoshop pictures of him and like what Nightwing I remember those. would look like, and I'm like, "That would be so cool." My dad wanted like, that. Like he, lo- my dad loved the ending of this. He loved it, it, the passing the torch to him, especially the reveal of Robin. Um, but I go on your idea of the turf war. They kind of did that in the Harley Quinn series in like season two. Like each bad guy's got their mm-hmm. own little turf. Um, it's it's not re- it's it's animated, but the Harley Quinn show is absolutely fantastic because we get the greatest character ever. Hey, ladies, it's Kite Man. Hell yeah, you get Kite <laughs> Man. Literally, you get Kite Man in the show, and the Harley Quinn show is absolutely fantastic. It's on HBO Max. If you haven't seen the show, it's bonkers, f bombs, violent. It's it's animated and. Kaylee Cuoco is fantastic as the voice as uh, Harley Quinn. It's it's a great show, but the, that 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 turf one. But like you said about the whole scene of Batman of Bruce Wayne getting out of the pit, you just mm-hmm. it's building building to it. Like you're like, all right, let's do it. Get him back in there. You just knew he was going to get out of there, but yet you're you get that satisfaction. You knew it was going to happen, but you get that satisfaction. Satisf- you're more satisfied when you see him. Like when he when he like sees the bats, like you knew he's going to fly. Like he knew he was gonna fly, and he grabs it, and everybody starts cheering, and I'm like, "Yeah, you got out of there!" And then, like again, I think it's somewhere overseas where it is, because when they when they you hear the story of Ra's al Ghul, um, Talia's father, in that brief where you see that he was overseas and something of that nature, like they didn't tell you where, or they might have. I I don't fully know, 
but um, I think that's somewhere overseas. And I was like, okay. And then like the timeline of it. So this is like, I mean, when we discussed the ending, this is where I'm going to go into my theory of why he survived. And it's not really theory. I think it's truth. <laughs> it, I'm just going to say that man survived. He survived. And uh, then we can get into that next, but uh, and I'll, I'll tell you that in a bit. But yeah, I mean, they've just seen him get out of the, the pit. And then not only that, but the great guy that he is, he, he lowers the rope. He could have been the dick. You know what? Nah, you guys are on your own. But then he, he actually put the... He cuts it. <laughs> or, he, or he cuts it, yeah. But no, he bring, he just lets the rope down because that's what he, that's who he is. And, that, and I think that's the whole point of the rises. He's right. Mm-hmm. He and then like hence the like the scene with the father. Why did we fall, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves back up. So Batman's fallen. He needs to rise again. And and the, hence the the, the the I mean, there's a lot of like meaning to it. And this one's all about like resurrections. <clears throat> and that one definitely hit, hit it, it, it nailed it to T. But uh, but yeah, love that sequence in the pit. <laughs> Same here as well. I love this. The pit scene was actually one of my favorite things. And of course, whenever you know, Bruce winds up seeing what they're doing to his city. He's like, no, I'm not having this. I, I can either choose to die here or I can choose to live and get out of this mess that I'm in. And that's what he does. He's either he can rise above it or he can go ahead and die. And that's what he does. He winds up trying to do push-ups. The doctor's over there looking at him like he's crazy. He goes, no, there's other things you can do before you have to do that. It's basically crawl. Uh, you have to crawl before you can walk again. And he puts him into that rope and makes him have that sling over him uh, on his back and everything. I really was, to be honest with you, I really felt his pain on that, to be honest with you, stretching his back like that. And then also, too, another thing that I wanted to bring up was the fact whenever he's bringing the Wall Street down, when Bane is bringing Wall Street down and stuff like that, I like that. And also like the sore idea of him living in the sores and also tapping into everybody's little secrets because God knows what gets lost down there. And that's also another thing they try to do with the penguin and Batman returns, but they did it better with Bane because he actually can go in head and he knows where each thing is because he's living underground and he's able to access it through the underground. And that's who Bane is. And I think even in the comics, he's even that haunting and menacing. And, you know, this is another thing I want to bring up is I remember reading articles where basically, too, that Dave Batista had meetings with Warner Brothers. Some people were speculating maybe he might actually be in in Bane, be playing Bane, but there's nothing to confirm that or anything like that. He just had um, basically he had meetings with Warner Brothers in DC. But what I like to see him is that his acting has gotten better. But also, too, I don't want a one-dimensional Bane either. I don't want it to be... Because because here's the thing. I love Dave Batista. I love how humbled he is with things. And he understands that he's not the best actor, which is what he also said during the Guardians of the Galaxy thing, too. He goes, I get the scripts that are best set for me on what I can do in my performance level. And that's what I get. And at that time, he was not performing the best. But once you wind up watching, like, uh, the zombie movie that he was in, part of Zack Snyder. He's actually getting better with that. His comedy stuff, not so much, but as in my opinion. But as far as his action stuff and giving the character the layers that he needs sometimes, he's actually diving into it a little bit more. And that's, uh, but if he can actually capture that with Bane, I'm all for it. 
but I don't want it to be a one-dimensional Bane. I want it to be a Bane where he has layers to him, where he's haunting, he's menacing, he's someone that you should not be messing with. Right. He's I, great. I, I, though. He's great. Because mm-hmm. I mean, he's an idiot. He's like, he, just, he doesn't, he does, and then I think that for me, when, sorry, I didn't mean to cut in Alex, but uh, he was great as, when they, when I first heard about it, he's cast as Drax and Guardians. So I'm like, okay. Because I, I knew how quirky the comics were. And yet when you watch him, like when you just watch this, what he does in the Guardians movies, it fits him and it was perfect. Like just the whole idea of that. Oh, like it's like my like it's like you know you know that metaphor just whenever you head like no it didn't my reflexes are too good they'll catch it like and he's like and then like on the press tour when you see it's raining cats and dogs really cats and dogs are raining outside it just like it it, it fits him he's kind of like kind of like I hate Channing Tatum yet when he acts like an idiot. I enjoyed. It. I mean, I loved him in the Twenty One Jump Street movies. Oh, and he's, I, I mean, I thought he was great in those movies, and I'm really interested in checking out the uh, the Lost City movie in March with him and Sandra Bullock, and how he's like he's the suave kind of guy that's on the poster thing for this book that Sandra Bullock wrote. And uh, uh yeah, um, so yeah, so like, what, like is that? Oh, I'm gonna be the. Uh, I'm gonna save you. You're 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 caught. I'm gonna save you. And he's an idiot. Like. He's got leeches on his back, and he's like, "All right, I need to suck the leech. You need to get the leeches off." Oh my god, they're in my body! Like, and he just faints. And then he had the Brad Pitt character with a mullet come in there. I'm here to save you. Oh my god, why do you look so well? Like, I don't think she needs help down there. And there's an <laughs> explosion, and Brad Pitt's pushing her on a wheelbarrow. You see fire blowing up in the background, and Chain Team's like, "What else here to save you?" <laughs> but again, I think it works. Like I said, I don't like Chad and Tatum. But I like him when he's an idiot. When he's acting like an idiot because he's an idiot, it works. Like Dave Bautista, again, I, I agree. I liked him in um, Army of the Dead. I liked him in that. Didn't like how it ended, but that's for another. That, that that's for our other review, and you can check that out on our YouTube page. But uh, but yeah, go ahead, Alex. <laughs> yeah, I I could you know after his performance. In Army of the Dead, and you know, I'm trying. I'm going to try to be nice because I don't care for Zack Snyder, but I will compliment Dave Bautista. I liked his performance in Army of the Dead, and like seeing him in that, seeing he he does he does a better job of like the more the more serious action role just just from that performance alone. So I could see him being an intelligent yet intimidating. Bane. I think a, a, a script could be made for him, and it, it could work. I I like Dave Batista a lot. He has that. He has the size. He has the temperament for it. I feel like. Um. He and he has experience being a bad guy. He was a bad guy for a while in WWE. So he'll. I could see him yeah. succeeding as Bane. May hopefully in one of the Robert Pattinson sequels that they plan on do doing with the Batman. Or you can just have him be like Arnold Schwarzenegger and play as Mr. Freeze and just fill him with ice puns, which will also be acceptable in my I could case. actually, I could just see them going, uh, I could just see him going back and forth though with that, where uh, basically Dave doesn't understand the, the puns that he's saying. He goes, what does he mean by freeze everybody? <laughs> freeze? Hey, Good. everyone. Chill. Chill. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about that awesome IMAX shot sequence. Um, mm-hmm. So, like again, I love the 
the, like the different like like because at first I didn't pick up on it until I started seeing the different like how the screen keeps moving back and forth, back and forth. I think it's because some like it was IMAX, not IMAX, IMAX, not IMAX. So it's widescreen, big screen, widescreen. I love the, how they did that. Okay, let me take care of this guy. Uh, go ahead, John. <laughs> talk, let's talk about that big battle sequence with the police versus the the League of Shadows. Yeah, what they do is completely stupid, though. Too, mm-hmm. they wind they wind up shooting at a freaking tank, acting like that they can go ahead and kill some. You have you have M sixteen guns. That's not getting through to them. Then you also have them trying to fight mercenaries hand to hand combat, which. Cops can handle some situations, but not hand-to-hand combat with mercenaries. I understand that you're wanting this big hurrah scene of the police are taking back their city. It's not going to work well with you when they have a tank. You need a bat. You need a bat wing. You need a bat. Is basically what I'm saying. You're going to need one of those flying objects that Bruce has, or you're going to need a tank yourself to fight up against them. Doing that. No, you're just asking for pro- more problems than you already have. In the words of Jay-Z, you have 99 problems, but it isn't one. And so, <laughs> you know, I, this is definitely one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But yeah, that to me, uh, it was, I, I felt it comical in a sense, because of the fact, um, it's it looked like dark humor in a sense, because of the fact that they're shooting a tank, going after a tank with M16 guns, automatics, and they have 10 times the artillery than the cops do. That's not going to work. You're just asking to, to die. That kind of reminds me of, um, have, have either of you seen The Last Action Hero? Yeah. Yes. I think that's what it with Arnold Schwarzenegger. I love that yeah. movie. And he's just like, he's shooting at the car. He's just like, why isn't it exploding? <laughs> That's what I thought when the police were shooting at the tank. He's like, why is it? Usually they blow, they blow up by now. Uh oh. <laughs> and then cut. Maybe funny if someone taps him on the shoulder and goes, um, we're in a Christopher Nolan movie. This is real. This oh, is real, no. bro. <laughs> We're in a Christopher Nolan movie. We're dead. Everyone get out of here. I didn't like how, like, the ending portion of it. I like the beginning part where Batman's standing with them, and it's the good guys versus the bad after the Batwing takes out the two tanks, and they have that full-on brawl. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really shot well. I wasn't talking about the the the, 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 the dumbass that was shooting. Oh, I'm right. going to shoot the tank. You know, I, I was like, the, the, the fist, the, the hand-to-hand combat sequence mm-hmm. of the, the, the mercenaries taking on the police. That was the portion I was talking about. Um it was shot well. That was all in mm. IMAX, and I thought they shot it perfectly well. Like literally, mm. camera work was excellent on it. Like no, they showed thought, everything. Yeah, that, it was great. One. Yeah, it was a great sequence. Like the hit that, and then Bane, and then Batman going toe to toe with Bane again, and then that's... Batman got the higher ground. He got he got <laughs> higher ground, and but yeah, that that was a great build up sequence. That fight, and then, um, and, and again, I just loved like seeing the batwing or the bat that his flying vehicle that thing was so cool like to be because i i loved it i loved that vehicle that was all that like every vehicle in this movie in these in this series or trilogy is awesome tumblr was great the how the bat pod itself was great and i just love this like just the banner between catwoman and that like Okay, you need to trust the fraud. And she goes, "I got it." Like, like, like Catwoman knows what she's doing. Then, yeah, she's doing it in heels, and she has no problem like 
like maneuvering that and, she, and like and she didn't fall off the thing once batman's fallen off it like multiple times and i'm like <laughs> man you might need to get some more lessons on that and then again but again the whole chase sequence too like mm-hmm. i mean I, I give props gary oldham was great in this movie too like he, he's great as like, oldham and i like and then i just love the the sequence after uh um uh, gordon founds finds bane and he rolls down the the thing and bane's like go after him how he just oh, hits him the guy's phone shoots him and then pushes him down the water <laughs> and it's like i just love that sequence it's just like that's just bane's like no nonsense like i'm surprised he didn't rip his head off right there like no dumbass you gotta go after him <laughs> well how am i supposed to do that he just shoots him <laughs> but I mean, this like just that whole chase sequence at the end was great, and like leading up to like trying to get the core back to the reactor. Like the music was well with it. Batman flying around, Catwoman just being being awesome. Like it just that sequence was like it, it kind of reminded me not not really, but it kind of did. It took away like took me away from the moment where Talia reveals herself, and then yet when you see the chase sequence and we're getting to the big build up, I thought it was good at chase sequence, and then. And then the, the whole makeout sequence, I guess for suckers, then the makeout before the explosion happened. Yes. That's DC for you. Mm-hmm. You know, when there's an explosion about to happen or people are dying, the hero's got to make out. Right. right now. But I also like it when Gordon's trying to slip the uh, stuff, the thing inside the inside that bomb to try and stop the signal from jamming, getting jammed up. I like that. Cause I was like that because I was on the edge of my seat when I saw that sequence. I'm like, Oh crap. Is he really going to, is he going to be able to make it or not? That was the biggest question. And then, you know, I liked how this wasn't shaky cam. We were able to see everything, which is, I this is something I appreciate from Nolan is the fact that we get to see all the action sequences. Mm-hmm. It's not sh- shaky cam. We're able to see when Bane is trying to take down Batman and Bane and Batman is trying to take down Bane. The whole action sequences, like you mentioned, Charlie, with the mercenaries is fantastic, especially the way that they shoot the shots. I like that whole entire aspect of it. I thought that the fight sequences were really good in it. And then even the action sequences, whenever they're on the... Because it could have been easily a shaky cam moment whenever uh, Gordon is over there trying to tamper with the bomb and he drops it. Oh my gosh, shaky cam time. And he, they start shaking the camera as far as suspense and everything. And they don't do that. And that's something that I'm really happy about. And everything about Gordon, to me, it feels a need. It, it motivates the plot. He, they give Gordon a lot to do in the first two films, which is something that I'm really thrilled about. He's not on the sidelines. He's out there playing in the Bat, Batman field and everything. And going on ahead, putting everything he has into the city that he loves, just like Batman does. And then when he goes on ahead and asks him, so who are you? And he winds up saying, it could be something as just as easy as getting some a little boy a blanket to put around his put around his arms. Bruce? And tell him it's going to be okay. <laughs> and the, that the world has and tell him it's going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And tell him it's going to be okay. Yeah, that was a busy <laughs> night, dude. There were like four <laughs> orphaned kids that night. Right? You, you gotta give me your stuff. Um, and then now, now, and then the weeds to the big Batman taking over, and then trying to like, t- I'm gonna take it out over the river, and 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 it's like that sequence was shot so well, like so well, and I believe Batman is not dead. 
Um, I'll let you guys mention that first, and I'll tell you why. Uh, can I can I go back to the fight, the final yeah, fight? Sure, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, man, man, like what? I also love that scene so much. That huge battle. That was a great climax point. <clears throat> but I loved specifically in that fight when they're throwing hands. And there's this moment right when Batman punches Bane in the face and his mask starts to break where the music just, ah, like the bass just drops on that part. And I was like, ooh, that was a sexy move by the soundtrack. That was incredible. Uh, I loved that part so much. The only thing I hated about that final bit with Bane is that they kind of killed him like a punk. I was just like, oh, I want Batman to be the one to take out Bane. It's like, oh, nope. He gets shot by Catwoman. I'm like, oh, all right. Sorry, Bane. You die like a punk. But she has that great one-liner. You're thinking about guns? Not a fan. <laughs> After she shoots him, like, not really a fan about your theory about guns. And it just, it's just the counter opposite to, and that's why he, like, opposites attract. That's why the two of them were perfect. Tense. Morgan Freeman, love your girlfriend here. <laughs> yeah, she's a catch. Wait. But yeah, I thought I thought that was actually like last string too, to be honest with you, Alex, with her shooting uh, Bane because I was expecting a toe-to-toe battle with Batman and maybe Batman locking him up or something within that. But no, instead she just comes in there, blasts him. That's the end of Bane. I'm Batman, like, yeah, okay, he gets well. stabbed. He gets stabbed oh. and he couldn't really move and he was about to get choked out. True, but, but I'm doing like a what-if right. scenario. <laughs> It'll be all right. In our, get our, get our, out, in our universe, <laughs> he's out, able to do it. Hey, he just got done doing rehab in a pit. He can he can survive that. Yeah, he can survive he, that. He climbed out the pit. He's Batman. <laughs> oh, he got stabbed. No, he's Batman. Batman don't get stabbed. He's all right. He can fight outside right. and all that. And he can... You can take a knife. You can take you the bleeding? knife. Yeah, you bleeding. <laughs> yeah, he bleeding to death. You all right? He ain't gonna bleed to death. He'll be alright. He'll be alright. Bleeding, he ain't gonna bleed to death. He's Batman. He's fine. Get up. He fighting. Get up, bitch. I paid money to see Batman. Bleed. <laughs> take a knife. Yeah, he ain't gonna get stopped by a knife. Come on. No. Not in our Batman universe. No, Alex. No. Or <laughs> But um, also, too, whenever we see the cops being hung, that was also another dark moment inside this movie, though, too, that I was really surprised that they actually had. And I was like, ooh, okay, so it's all stakes here. Anybody can die. Gordon can die. This is it. This is a trilogy. Usually in a third film, someone close to the main character is going to die. It's inevitable. And I was thinking maybe Gordon might end up dying in this universe, but he winds up surviving. But you have that sense of danger of no one is safe in this movie. And that's something that I liked. It didn't feel like a cartoon character of Gordon. when I can survive anything because I'm Commissioner Gordon. I'm close friends with Batman. No, this is actually basically him walking on thin ice, literally walking on thin ice, hoping that somebody would actually save him. And that's something that I liked about that. Now, I don't really have a theory as to Charlie's thing here because at first and three years ago, a lot can change in three years. <laughs> but, um, I said, and I'll, I'll own up to this for people that actually listen to my older episodes when I was just doing audio podcasting in my car. Um, but I owned up to the fact that I did tell D 
that and him and I both agree that there's no way that he could survive. By giving the movie as this go round, I can say he can, he well, of course he does survive because of the fact that we get the ending. But the realistic terms of if he could uh, live and everything, I he's he's alive, and I'll let Charlie explain why. Well, go ahead, Alex. I want to hear what you like. If like <laughs> he's Batman. He can survive nuclear explosions. Bat- <laughs> nuclear explosion is not gonna. It's, it's Batman. Come on now. He was like, yeah. people are saying, oh, he had a eject button, or he the autopilot was working. Like, no, he's Batman. His ship blew up. Time. He was like, all right, time to swim. <laughs> he ain't gonna get stopped. He made too much money making these movies to get blown up. He's like, I got Anne Hathaway waiting for me in Paris. I ain't gonna die right now. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta meet my butler, who's not gonna say anything to me, but wave to me as I, as, like he, like he intend, intended to have at the very beginning in his dream. He's just I'm not like, gonna nah. die in this. Hey, no. don't don't interrupt me. I'm with the girl right now. Just, no. what's up, no. <laughs> I, I mean, when I first saw this back in 2012, I knew he survived. I just knew of all the elements, like autopilot was fixed, to uh, the mother's uh, pearls being gone. Um, and how the heck would Jordan go, Joseph Gordon Levitt be able to get those like l- l- those coordinates unless Batman like, unless Bruce Wayne did it to him that because everybody's like oh well he had a lot of t- there was a gap between him getting out of the pit and then back to Gotham not enough time for that he's got an explosion he's got to survive but he has to change I all think, the passwords I mean, different because <laughs> there's a lot of people that are saying he didn't if they didn't mention the auto like the, the whole autopilot pilot comment. If that hadn't been mentioned at all throughout the whole movie, I would have believed he was dead. Because, like, you see here in the beginning, like, the Mar- Mar- Morgan Freeman makes him makes mention in the autopilot. Bruce Wayne mentioning later on, like, yeah, it's nice. Wish the autopilot was fixed, though. Autopilot? That's that's what you're for. I mean, you hear it, and it's like, third. it was, like, mentioned three times. And that's, like, and then the, that's how you knew it was fixed. And then, uh, and then how? Like, and then how does like? Because I know uh, Michael Caine had that whole like, that theory is like, I see you, have some wife and a kid, and a couple kids. I don't say anything to you. Like that, that one was kind of like, okay, it could be dreaming, could be not. Then again, Michael Caine has been involved with the whole idea of the dream with Inception. But then, and then, and then I guess, how would he have known it's in Halfway? And how would you know it's Catwoman? And how would you know because the pearls? And then the whole idea of the missing pearls is missing from the manifest. We can't have missing pearls missing. And then there I saw this article that was actually written, like that was updated in December of 2021 and talked about how Batman escaped. And I was like, and I was like right at the end. So it's a, I read it. I'm like, interesting. So there has more, more ideas in it. Um, so some are suggesting, um, a, he, um, like this makes it, um, so the camera angles too. When you see when you see the the close up of Bruce Wayne in like the Batman right when the bomb's about to explode, that didn't happen in chronological order. There's a lot of ideas with the camera work or the camera that like or the scenes they shot to make it miss out of order to make you think that he's in there. He could have jumped out a long time ago because that's what this article mentioned about the like what you like the close up on Batman right when he right when it exploded. That didn't happen right then. That happened a while back. So it was a scene. Like so, like the, the what Nolan did here, 
he maneuvered it to make it seem like the whole idea of like misdirection, what the eye see and the, the, the ears hear, the mind believes. That's why I think that's why there's a lot of people that believe that about the camera, about like the close up on Batman when it, right before it blows up. But that that's not true because that didn't happen at that scene. Cause I was like, cause it, it, it just didn't add up. Then there's, there was another one that suggested, well, autopilot, he is, he hit the eject button and flew away. And there's another one that was like, I kind of wanted to see this, but uh, remember how, um, how like in the how the tumbler turns into the bat pod? There is some suggestion that the bat he pressed something and it turned into an underwater vehicle because it's a long swim back to town. There's some speculation that the bat the bat turned into a submarine. And that's how he was able to get back to shore. And I was like, interesting. Um, that That's interesting. And I kind of wanted to see what that other vehicle is. Um, but yeah, so it's like some, like it could have been a vehicle that could go underwater so as to provide some shield against the radiation from the bomb. And with enough speed to get him back to the blast, considering nonlinear shots, Batman could have ejected himself from the plane flown miles <clears> at <throat> time. So again, there's a lot of theories, but I definitely think it's easily Batman survived. He's with Catwoman and you're and living in Europe. And um yeah. So yeah, I mean, but I kinda want to now now that I was reading that, I kinda wanna like I wanna I wanna see that submarine vehicle. I wanna see that underwater vehicle. <laughs> and because like because that because because if if it's anything that looked like the tumbler, I wanna see this giant tank in the water. <laughs> That'll be interesting to actually see that, to be honest with you. Yeah. It just sucks that they never had any extended versions for this film at all. It is its own movie, which sucks. Yeah. But I would love to see that, though. Yeah. I would love to see the Batmobile, well, whatever it's going to be, the Bat Submarine or whatever they want to call it. Sub. The Batmarine. Yeah, there we go. The, uh, the Marine or whatever. I mean, and I think that's right. the cool part about Nolan, about these ambiguous endings. This one's not as ambiguous, but it's the thought-provoking because it makes you talk about what you've seen and makes you want to watch it again. That's why I loved Inception so much because it was when Sean and I at the theater, like that was my first employee sneak. We stayed after and we were immediately talking about that movie. Was he, mm-hmm. was he a dream? Was it a dream? Was it reality? I mean, that, and that, that's a good ending for me. Not ambiguous, like, and like, not a, it's like, I don't like ambiguous endings. But if it's an ending that you can make you think, and there's a lot of evidence in the movie that kind of points to your either theory, I love that. If it's an ending that's horrible and nobody, and there's no resolution for it, I'm like, why am I going to watch this again? I hate those endings. This one is an, like, it's, it's not as ambiguous as Inception. But it's like, but there's still a lot of theories of why he's dead, why he isn't. But I think there's, I think it's, it's more on the safe side, the saying Batman survived because that's kind of like, because we don't want to see Batman die. Like it's, it's very hard to like realizing Batman's dead. And cause that's never happened. That, that, that usually rarely ever happens. Superman dies all the time, <laughs> but we don't get Batman dead. So I think the, again, the thought provoking of these endings of what no one does and it gets you to think. In a construct that that's the that's the, that's that's the greatness that is known and that that's what I really appreciate to give it give you evidence in the whole movie that that leads to either side. But if you if you're right about like any side can be right, but I think in this this one I don't think any side can be right. I think it's more Batman lived. 
because it's bad. It. Well, right. Well, also too, we got the ending. He tied it up in that bo- nice little bow for us, mm-hmm. and also tips the hat for if they want to make if whoever wants to take over for the next film. They have Joseph Gordon Lovins to probably be attached to it. Christopher Nolan also confirmed before that he wasn't going to have any type of aliens, any type of beings or anything like that in this universe. So that's why we, of course, got the Man of Steel universe and things like that in the DCEU and stuff like that. But, you know, what I have to say is this. With the Christopher Nolan movies itself, it's rewatchable. Everything, it has that rewatchability compared to some other films that I've seen. And if it's able to make me look at something differently and also, too, visually and maybe I didn't see a certain scene in a certain way. And all of a sudden I go back and rewatch it again. I'm like, okay, I didn't think of it from this angle. And that's something that I appreciate with the Christopher Nolan films is the rewatchability with it. Yeah. Was I disappointed with the fact that we didn't get no aliens or anything like that? Yeah, I was, but you know, this is the universe of Christopher Nolan. This is his vision on what he sees as Batman. And I took it as what it is. And this is what was brought to me. And of course I've watched every single Batman movie in theater and I'm still going to celebrate that in March. But this is something that I'm actually happy about reviewing and everything. And I was actually thankful for what Christopher Nolan has done with since um, 2005 all the way up until 2012 with this uh, series. He did get you aliens, though. He did produce Man yep. of Steel. He did get you the aliens feel. So he did give you some aliens, not as a director, but as a producer. So you got we got we got our alien fix with Christopher Nolan with Man of Steel because that movie was visually stunning. <laughs> Uh, what about your final thoughts, though, for this film, Alex? Uh, I just think three out of three, Christopher Nolan nailed it with the Batman. Uh, definitely some things I would have liked to have seen. I would have liked more fantasy aspect of it. That's I, for, for, for me, that's what makes Batman really cool, that he's just a regular man that's able to rise up and take on these seemingly impossible challenges with like against superhumans and all that but other than that solid he gave us like he he led to heath ledger leather ledger's joker and tom hardy's bane and liam neeson i guess as rachel ghoul like that was that was cool too not flacking that but batman begins is you know kind of the it's like oh we have dark knight and dark knight rises and then oh yeah batman begins is there too but (laughs) they're they're all they're all great movies and christopher nolan does incredible work so maybe hopefully one day he comes back i would like to see his take on the fantasy aspect of comic books but we'll see maybe the mcu will hire him we'll see i love this movie final thoughts real quick sorry john sorry john i love this movie i thought this was good is this gray's dark knight no and it doesn't have to be i do have it ranked below like in my like out of three it's the third lowest but this is not a bad movie. Like you said, Alex, there's some stuff they could have fixed. Talia, and they could have t- killed off the Matthew Modine character a lot sooner. And this movie would have probably been a lot better. It's still great. Great. It just, it, it's a great ending to the trilogy. And this is one of the, one, my, one of my favorite posters. This was, I had in college. This one was watching over me at my dorm room. Like it was like watching over me, like on my back wall, watching me sleep. This is the, the first poster they had for the Dark Knight Rises. I was like, I'm so happy to get this one because it was just so cool. So it was watching over me as I sleep. The Bat- Batman was watching over me. <laughs> <laughs> now I have John Wick. <laughs> but this is okay. But yeah, I mean, I good. It's a solid eight and a half out of ten for me. 
Um, and it's definitely a lot better than the last few Batmans I've seen. Um, well, I mean, like, like yeah, in the Nolan ones, like the 90s, I like this one so much better than the 90s ones. And I did like Batman vs. Superman, the director's, the extended cut. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And I liked, I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. I thought he was good. He that. And, and the Alfred was good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, my, I don't need my thoughts on the new one. You already know it. Right. So my lips are sealed on that. I'll well, watch free right. on HBO Max in 45 days. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing that I was talking about, my best and worst of 2015 or whatever. I said, yeah, I like the extended cut, but I can't actually put that on my list because this is an extended cut. And it's not like I could say, you know what? I and you can't put this on a poster for the Batman vs. Superman theatrical cut. I like the extended cut better than the theatrical cut. You cannot put that on a poster. So therefore, I cannot rank that as my top or anything like that. But the extended version is so much better than the theatrical cut because it actually adds a lot more to it than that. Yeah, you still get the Martha stuff and things like that. But beneath, if you ignore that part and cut that part out, it's actually a pretty good movie. At Batman least Warehouse in my eyes. Scene. The Batman, <laughs> yeah. for me, Batman Warehouse scene and the 2016 version, Batman Warehouse scene yep. made an honorable mention easily because yep. that scene was so badass. Like, Batman is like Batman has punched the guy that made him snap his own neck. You don't see that anywhere else. Like one punch, boom, snap neck. I'm like, holy shit! And like, like that scene, this scene again. The movie had that movie's got complete flaws, but the Batman warehouse scene, instant, instant honorable mention because of that just that one scene alone. But uh, but only good thing about that movie, Batman <laughs> actually fought like Batman at, at, right. in that particular scene. Branding I'm, too. I'm, I'm a brat when it comes to that movie, so I won't get into that. Cool. But that that warehouse scene, though, is perfect. That was top notch. That was the Batman I wanted. All right, so Alex, where can everybody follow you at if they want to go on ahead and follow you on your YouTube channel and all that good stuff? Well, you guys can see me here at Movie Lovers Unite, <laughs> but if you want to see me elsewhere, I'm also at A Town Reviews on YouTube. You can also hit me up on Twitter or Instagram at A Town Alex Three. Hit me up, follow me. Let's talk about movies. Okay, and guess what? Alex will be back here with me again on Friday. We're going to be interviewing Dean Simone. And as a matter of fact, I actually uh, sent him off the thumbnail ju- just a few minutes ago and stuff like that. But we're going to be doing that at the same time, 9 o'clock Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time as well. So that's what we're going to be doing here. He played in the movie Game Day. If you haven't seen Game Day or if you would like to rent it for like 3 or $4 just show support, support to Dean, go over to our Game Day review that Alex and I did. And that's how you can support him over there. Tomorrow night, I'm going to be doing an old 1962 classic movie, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Part of our Black History Month. I have Russell McCreed coming on the show. We're going to be doing that review, which is something I'm really excited about. I only saw the remake of it of Guess Who. So seeing the Sydney Poitier movie is definitely something that I really am excited about. Yes, I know about Jackass for Monday. But anyways, uh, Alex and uh, Charlie will be taking the airwaves on Monday without me because I am going to be taking some time off. I'm going to be taking a full week off. So therefore, it allows me to go on tour on other people's channels and everything, and to promote the channel a little bit. So I'm going to be going on, so I'm going to be going out on poor, uh, on on tour. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be at what time, Charlie? I believe it's going to be nine o'clock, 10, 10 o'clock Eastern. I think ten o'clock Eastern. We can work out the logistics because we okay. have a little bit before President's Day Monday, so we got some time. But okay. yeah, Alex and I will be 
f- talking about Jackass forever is a great movie. There's no plot to it, but if you're reviewing it for plot, you're a jackass. <laughs> not, a good, not in a good way. That okay. movie is so great. So great. Can't wait to talk about it. So that's what you guys can actually be looking forward to next week. And also, too, they're going to be doing the Raid Redemption. That's going to be TBA as well. So to be announced. Um, another thing too is you guys can go on and follow me on Movie Lovers Unite on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Pinterest as well. And that's going to be everywhere they can reach me out over there underneath those same brand names. And of course, if you want to get an audio-only podcast of our episode and mini episodes that we do here, show some class and just go over there and just show an ounce of class and just rank us and fall and all that good stuff and subscribe to our audio podcast. And that's how other people also wind up finding us. So go over there, show an ounce of class. Don't show some ass. Just show an ounce of class. And and go ahead and just subscribe to our, our channel and everything. Also, go over to Good Pods. Good Pods is like the social media for podcasters. And if you're someone that listens to podcasts or you're a podcaster yourself, go over there, rank individual shows, individual episodes that we do here at Movie Lovers Unite, and that also helps other people to find us. Also, too, if you want to donate to us, all you have to do is go to movieloversgofundme.com forward slash podcast, and that's how you guys can go ahead donate 5 to $10 over there. Just hit that like button, smash that share button, smash that subscribe button, and also smash that bell in the bottom right-hand corner, allow you guys to know when we have something new coming out. And then, of course, if you want to go in and follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter, Movie Lovers Unit Zero on TikTok. And then if you're a sponsor or would like to be on the show, reach out to me at movieloversunite at gmail.com. And that's everywhere you can follow me at, everywhere that you can go on here and do that. All those stuff, all that stuff will be in the descriptions below so that way you guys don't have to memorize anything that I just told you. So that's even perfect, right? Because I know that we all have an attention span of a goldfish. So with that being said, it's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye.